0: Oh Lordy Lord! How you doing, fella? I've got to have a heart attack. I'm just so much shit going on. You look. The camera is kind of looking up at you. You look. It it looks like a cockpit camera that you're flying a single, single single-engine airplane out toward an aircraft carrier to a suicide mission, something like that. Call me back as soon as you can. Yes, Your Highness. Did the, did the cookies arrive okay?
1: Oh, man, those things were amazing. Absolutely. The mint thins are good. I'm not so thin because I eat them. Yeah. Uh, and the Samoas are fucking something
0: else. Yeah. They're amazing. They're, you can go through. A, I cannot just eat one. I go through a whole box. It's I love it. There's something else. We, it, keep, it, the, keep them in the freezer. Oh, my God.
1: Uh-huh. They're incredible. They're not a thing over here in England. We don't have Girl Scout cookies. It's not a thing. I mean, we've, we. I remember seeing them in like TV shows, like they're in like Despicable Me and stuff. You know, they're, they're mentioned. So we are aware of what they are, but we don't have them over here. Um, but they're amazing. They're really good. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. For the well, we'll have to and... make that
0: a regular care package thing.
1: Oh you. Jesus! Yeah, like like a food drop in Darfur or something. Just like oh, does these cookies turn up? And uh, and the Preval sprayer as well. That was amazing. Have you had, you had a chance you to you use that. it yet? I've had a chance to use it. It was very good. I used it with um, I used it with Super Baldies, which is the alcohol uh, cap plastic. Yeah,
0: that's why, uh, that's what I I use it. It works well with Super Baldies. I I use it with Glatson with with great results. mm Hmm. I mean it's it's much better I think than you, it gets the same kind of spray as you'd get of a single action airbrush but if it clogs up BFD
1: mm. yeah it's very easy thing to fix it, uh, it it dumps a lot of gear on there as well I mean it's not shy I mean you kind of need that with the super boldies if it's you know, if you find it, if you spray too fine a mist, it's pretty good. So, if you don't have an airbrush, it's a really good uh, little thing to carry. It's a really, really handy thing. So, thank you for that. That worked really well.
0: My pleasure. I, I need to check and see if they carry them in your neck woods because they become real a, handy. And, there, and there is a place, and they're cheap.
1: They're cheap. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, to make well compared
1: to like a compressor, but also if you are like, you know, if you are out and about and you are just in the middle of nowhere or you are not near a power source, it's just a handy little thing, even just as a backup. It's it's really neat.
0: Absolutely, I've actually used them to to do body painting. Uh, had to do like an ashen gray full body paint for uh, on an actress who was playing a corpse in a in a Stars Halloween movie commercial that I did several years ago, and worked great. Right? We pre mixed the paint, just poured it in the in the bottle, and just sprayed her down.
1: I should just explain, what they are. the the pre sprayer is basically the sprayer. It's it's basically like a glass vial. I think it holds up to about four or five ounces. ounces. What? Four or five ounces. It's, it's probably That's about, it's, it's,
0: it's not huge.
1: Those Coke cans you get on a flight, you know, those little, yeah. Cans about that and about. and uh, it basically just has like a, a, a canister a propellant that you screw into the top. So basically anything that you can make into a fluid, you can turn into a spray with this thing. And uh, I was using it for, for cat plastic and it went really well. So cool. That's what it was. Preval P R E V A L sprayer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you can get one of those, they're fantastic. I check them out. But Todd sent me one along with some cookies and they were amazing. I'll put the picture of that on the blog post. Cause it was, it was like, Oh my God, this is like this yes, you with I'm a giving. mouthful
0: crumbs all over your face.
1: So I had a thing about symmetry that, that I wanted to bring up because I was uh, teaching a, a class a couple of weeks ago and this girl was fixated with sculpting this nose perfectly symmetrical. She was getting hung up on it and OCD styly. And, um, the face isn't symmetrical, but not that that's no. an excuse for sloppy sculpting, but I just wanted to kind of discuss the nature of asymmetry in a human face, in a normal human face.
0: One of the things um, I have my students do on this point is have them take a picture of themselves straight on loaded up into Photoshop and then, you know, split it right down the middle and copy it and flip it so that the left side of their face becomes the right side of their face. Yes, and it's amazing how different they look when the two halves are not the same. No, they're not. It creates a, a really weird you not you picture.
1: Well, I think we should do that on the uh, on the blog. I'll do a couple of pictures. Uh, I'll do one of you, one of me, and I'll do exactly that. I'll, I'll flip the picture, and everyone can see how odd it looks, how that doesn't work. And I think using a mirror—if you hold like a mirror up against your sculpt and you can see the reflected side—and then sort of move your head, you know, over and have a look, and you can actually see. How how uh, you know how off you are because that's a thing you know uh, uh, with sculpting left and right and also I find if you're if you are right handed you tend to work on the left hand side of the face you know the the, the face is you know the, the person's
0: left I think it's and a good you idea to, learn how to sculpt with both hands
1: yeah you need to work on both sides so otherwise you finish one side and then you go and try and copy it on your bad side and it's harder mm-hmm. to do than if you just you know roughed it out all as one. But uh, yeah, yep. the face isn't symmetrical. Uh, but like I say, not that it's a, an excuse for sloppy sculpting. But um, I think it's worth doing the mirror things. So you actually hold the mirror up down the middle of the sculpt and have a look either side. But that that flipping thing, I think, is a good thing to do. We should do that for uh, make some pictures of one of you, one one of me, and see you know Absolutely. what your face looks like normally, then with the left side face and then the right side face flipped over, um, so they can see how that looks.
0: I think sim- learning how to do good symmetry is important. Even the face isn't particularly truly symmetrical being able to do that. Say if you're, if you're sculpting uh, a helmet or do an armor where you need to need to match left side and right side, mm-hmm. it's not easy to do. No, it's not easy at all. Yeah. Um, no. But using a mirror can definitely help if you've got say the left ear sculpted beautifully and you want to go around and work. On the other ear, Mm -hmm. if you've got a mirror, you can put it up showing that ear that you've just completed, and it flips it so that if you sculpted a right ear and now you need to do a left ear, using the mirror flips right ear into a left ear, and then you can just copy it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends what you're doing, because if you're copying a real head, if you were to take the two ear casts of somebody and put them together, you would find they wouldn't be symmetrical either. No. And not only would they be not symmetrical, but they wouldn't sit in the same position on the head, they'd be one slightly higher and the other one slightly more forward than the other one slightly turned out than the other. So they would never be the symmetrical anyway. I think the the thing is to try and, you know, you endeavor to get what appears to be symmetrical. So it's not obvious, but, um, but it's a case of, uh, of uh, working within the boundaries of what's acceptable. So if it's, if it's way off, you know, and that's, yeah. you know, not well, that's why you need thing, to have tools like calipers. Yeah.
0: So you can see what's, as one is and know where things are in relation to to other facial anatomy uh landmarks yeah
1: i mean i think the thing with 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 um with the face, it's such a, there's so many sort of facets and curves and things that are difficult to identify. Like when you're sculpting armor, you know, you're with reasonably flat planes and it's pretty straightforward. And mm-hmm. we, we did a thing at college when we sculpted a, a, a full-size head figure. It's uh, a full-size head and a full-size figure. And, and that was all using plumb lines and we used, you know, callipers. And it was nice to, be able to measure, you know, a straight line down the middle of the face. Then you would measure, you know, where the eye corner is from the tip of the nose on one side. And then put like, you know, a matchstick or a cocktail stick into that point. And then the same on the other side, so you could fix some definitive points and then work off of those. But even so in between those fixed points, you would then, you know, there'd be a, a, an area where it was kind of, you know, what, what looked right to your eye. So you still have to train your eye to kind of suit, you know, see symmetry and stuff. So
0: what, you know, you also do if you're working with something like a face sculpture, it doesn't really work well with a full body is if it's looking right, when you're looking at it straight on, if you turn it upside down and look at it in an aspect where you wouldn't ordinarily be looking at something, mm-hmm. imperfections will stand out much more noticeably when you look at it in a in a way that you wouldn't ordinarily look at something. So if you're trying to get, get nostril wings close to one another, flip it upside down and say, oh, geez, that one's almost twice the size of the other one. But when you're looking at it normally, it, you you can miss stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, trying to get symmetry because you think it should be there is is kind of dismissing the reality of of, of anatomy. So again, it comes down to just studying the real thing and looking at um, you know, the real thing <laughs> and measuring it and checking it to make sure. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, we'll, we'll do not, the very sure. You gotta mm-hmm. have reference.
0: You can't rem- can't rely just on memory because it's gonna tr- it's right. gonna trip you up. Well, memory right. sure does. <laughs> UME, it was
1: a couple of weeks ago, uh, not last weekend, the weekend before, that's when I'm recording this uh yeah it was good fun it was uh basically it's it down to the united makeup artist expo and it's version of imax it's like a, a small trade show it's not exactly the same kind of thing but it's 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 similar to those who haven't been but it's um it's it's really good fun but uh, i had is my there own a stand this focus
0: year. is it is it more prosthetic oriented than than beauty
1: no there's all that there's it's, there's prosthetics there's body painting there's wigs there's um you know straight makeup there's uh, various you know kind of suppliers and similar kinds of things you got you don't get the, the champagne RAS that you might get at IMATS or tanning booths or you know teeth whining and all that kind of shit. That's (laughs) not that, but uh, um, but uh, it was it was it was pretty good fun. But I had my own booth there this year and I I I did demos and one of the things I did at my booth was not sell stuff the whole point was i could talk to people so i had a couple of people helping me out i had some really good help I actually had um alice pinney and jess heath who were helping me out uh, stick on pieces that i'd made uh so i could actually just relax a bit we did i did a demo on on the first day and then i did a, a demonstration and talk on the second day but mostly it was just talking to people um so i saw a lot of folios and and were chatting to a lot of people and um yeah i had i had some thoughts about folios which uh, we were talking about because I saw a lot of folios and there were a few things that were kind of like, I noticed because, because when you see a lot of folios in the day, you kind of go, there's a few things that I think people need to know about with folios that kind of bug me. Um, especially you see that, more
0: good ones or bad
1: ones or on the whole, they were pretty good on the whole, they're pretty good, but it's, there were, there were some things with not not so much discussing quality of work, but just physically the folio itself. And there are, I think there are a few things that you can do to make a good folio annoying. <laughs> if you don't do it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I I've I put down three things that I think would be good for folios. And I, I wonder what you thought about this. Um, one would be uh, good, clear and large images because with digital cameras, that's kind of a little excuse really for for a badly focused, oh, absolutely. badly composed image. Because you can see straight away wow. that you've taken a shit photo. So I, I, I think it's, it's pretty weak to have an out of focus picture in your folio.
0: Yeah, don't don't do the reverse selfie in your bathroom.
1: No, <laughs> that's pretty bad. But try and offer professional print as well. I mean, there are places like Snapfish and PhotoBox where you you know you can upload your images, and they'll print them off professionally on you know properly rather than doing them yourself on your own printer. I think that will be. A good I think it's too.
0: important to have have everything well lit. You know, it's it's nice nice to have if you if you can have them um, you know screenshots or production production stills if it's if it's a stage production. Or if you're a film or television thing, it's nice to see it in the context of the actual show, but you need to see the makeup, especially especially if it's prosthetic makeup, you need to see it in, in good lighting. So you yeah. can, you know, dramatic lighting that you can't tell that there's a bad edge and mm. you want to be able to look at somebody's application skills and in good light to see how well they actually can apply something.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good point. Actually. It's like, if you're trying to show the folio to someone that's producing a film, that's a different kind of folio than if you're trying to get work with someone that makes prosthetics, because if you want to get job doing prosthetics, you want to show them that you know how to do good work. So you don't want to smother it with blood or hide it in shadow. I mean, even if that, that makes a dramatic image, that's not what you're. Do you know what I mean? That's bluff and bullshit, and that's that's not showing me what you can do. That's that's hiding what you've done rather than displaying it.
0: Do you have a preference for a physical folio over a digital one? I kind of like. Think, or do you think it's a good idea to have have both?
1: I think it's a good idea to have both. I mean, I think if you've gone to the trouble of getting the images created, it's easy to have an iPad, and there's you know you should definitely have a, a digital version, but I still think a practical. Personally, I, I like a practical, you know, physical uh, folio that you can turn pages because you're interacting with it.
0: Well, rent are a, um, a tactile business.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's worth doing. And, and it doesn't take that much effort to get one, you know, made up. I would definitely go for, for... But in either set, even that, I looked at one on an iPad and the pictures I saw were like screen grabs and small images. And it's kind of like, again, they're not good and they're not clear images. I think it should be a good, clear, large image.
0: There are some online services. You know, I've had students do their their uh, flat artwork you know in the animation program where you can you know, it's maybe 30 to 50 bucks you can have a, a bound book created mm-hmm. like a you know almost like a coffee table book as a portfolio and i've seen students do that that these things look great really yeah. crisp high quality gloss gloss images um good bindery just Lovely and not terribly expensive to create. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're constantly changing out your work, that, that could probably get prohibitive pretty easily. Yeah. But if you've got a a solid body of work that you can show for a while, spend 50 bucks on it, then Mm -hmm. you can spend another 50 bucks updating it down the pike
1: yeah and it's not you know a huge commitment of and it's not a tragedy if you lose it either, whereas in the old days, you know if you lost your folio, that was it. it was like oh my stuff was you thing, might have the negatives, but
0: never put your original artwork in your in a in a portfolio that you send off to somebody. I remember from yeah. my advertising days hearing stories of, of art directors who would drop off their portfolio that that had original comps and illustrations in it. At the, with the receptionist, and they'd come back two weeks later to pick it up and nobody has any idea where it is yeah all it's, this it's, all this work is just gone,
1: yeah, it's gonna break your heart, <laughs> so cover your bases on that one um yeah, my number two point would be that. yeah would be to not have too many pictures and make don't make it too long I mean, I know you know you can get what I would call viewer fatigue, sure, um you know. If you've got like, if you've taken 150 pictures of a sculpt, don't put 150 pictures in a folio because, you know what I mean? If you've done something good, there should be maybe a couple of uh, process photos and then one large like 8x10 or, you know, A4 size picture of of the final thing. I don't think you need to, you know, if you can't tell the story in one or two pictures, um, you're not going to convince anybody You know what I mean? A hundred pictures of bad sculpts is not going to make up for one picture of a good sculpt. And
0: only your best work needs to be in. I'd rather get at five or ten really, really good images than 30 or 40 mediocre ones.
1: I mean, I think the thing is, if you're in the business of making stuff like animatronics or molds or, you know, there's something you do which has a lot of steps, which... Could make up a folio. Then maybe make up, you know, like a you have like a general folio which shows your main work, but also maybe like a an in depth folio which you keep to the back. So if the person you're showing is really into your molds and wants to see more, you have them to show. Yeah. But it's not well, necessarily. Well, in most folio. of us
0: wear different hats.
1: So,
0: yeah. Yeah. It, it would make sense to even have, you know, a mold making folio, uh, a sculpting portfolio, uh, mm-hmm. a painting, application portfolio. Maybe you've yeah. got a, a a wounds and and horror portfolio. Then you've you know because you're not going to want to necessarily if you're if you're trying to get get hired on a on a horror film, you don't want to be a lot of beauty makeup pictures to somebody because yeah. they yeah. say well these are lovely but. Do you know what a slit throat looks
1: like? And and the the thing I, I wanted to say was there was one photo that was kind of tricky to handle, like the sleeves kept sliding around, mm. and, and she was annoyed about it as well. But I was like, that may be a you know thing. That was a good point to point out. You should handle the if you're going to put you know if you're going to get one printed up or or, or photos printed up, put into things, play with it before you buy it. Actually handle the thing you're going to be using because if it's a, a task to use it, and you're wrangling the sleeves or relocating misaligned punched holes, you know if it's a fucking chore for me to handle the damn thing. Then that's going to wear me down, you know. So you know, play with it. it, it if it's a pain in the ass to use, then don't buy it. <laughs> Get one that is easy to use, because that was distracting for me, you know. it's kind of slid around. That was no good. So I would say make sure it's easy to handle.
0: Did you look at any digital folios
1: while you were there? There were a couple of digital folios, um and again, you know, the same rules apply. I think you don't want too many pictures. You want the ones that are there to be clear and uh you know um it should be you know pretty logical as as, as to how they go um you know so this is like a a practical sequence so maybe there's like one or two making ofs, and then there's the final picture i mean i think with a with a with a you know with an ipad there's a, a temptation to kind of flip through it a bit more quickly um so again, you probably need full size prints you know the full screen um, and you don't want to bog down with too many making of images uh, unless that's the kind of thing you're going for you know if you are a mold maker getting mold making work and then obviously it makes sense to show you know, pictures of your mold making processes. But, but um, but yeah, it was one of those things where I just, it just occurred to me that, you know, regardless of how you lay your folio out, what's in there, I think good clear images, not having too many of them and making it too long and making the folio easy to handle seem like three very good principles that I noticed uh, some people didn't have. And that would have improved their stuff a lot. What do you- and also sadly it undoes good work as well to have that.
0: Oh, absolutely. If, if you've got to keep pictures from falling out of, sleep onto the floor you're going to quit paying attention to what they actually look like mm-hmm. what's your take on demo reels on, on demo reels, reels um i mean as, yeah. as students you're you're less likely probably to see a reel unless they they have uh, the luxury of being able to work on student films mm-hmm. and and have that kind of work to show sure Well, I mean, I guess if
1: you've got footage of stuff you've done, but again, keep it short and sweet and keep it, you know, clear and accurate. If you've got some blurry handheld footage that's, you know, Blair Witch style, kind of confusing to see what's going on, that's not the same. And also, like, you know, a lot of people are into GoPro stuff, and I'm like, a GoPro, I mean, okay, you can change the focal distance on a GoPro, but by and large, those are designed for. Seeing large, you know, thing. if you've just got like a camera strapped to your head and I can see the whole room and your actual makeup is like a tiny portion of that right. screen that's not the same as, you know, a, a, just a good locked off camera, um, I'd much rather see that. Um, I think if you've got good footage of good makeup that's clear, and again, it's edited, so it's not, you know, 20 minutes of, oh, it's the same thing for five minutes, you know, um, that would work. Yeah, I do a lot, uh, yeah,
0: showing, stop, a lot of time-lapse stuff, stopping to show specific in in the application or the or whatever process it is whether it's sculpting yeah. or life casting
1: i think i think i would say that uh a showreel is probably good to have on a website for people to watch voluntarily but it's quite a chore to sit to sit there and, and like watch you know a five minute you know condensed application of something like two hours it's kind of like if you just show me three photos i can see that you've done it and i can see those photos very quickly which if i have to wait through a five minute video that you've you know patiently made you know that's five minutes of my time and at the end of it i'm gonna go oh, do you know what i could have seen all the same information in two or three photos much quicker so i think demo reels are good but you don't want to like hold somebody hostage with it do you know what i mean Otherwise, right. there's, a, there's a politeness to you sitting through it that, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> buy you any credit it's just like well you, clearly i can see the, the time you know the progress while I'm moving along slowly i've got to sit through another five minutes of this um so i think it's probably worth having that but i still don't think it's a substitute for for some good photos. I mean, I think if you've done the footage and you've taken film and you've taken pictures, then you've got the ability to do both. So I reckon, yeah, but keep it clear, keep it, you know, not too long and, uh, make it easy to handle and, or easy to understand if it's, you know, like a video
0: show reel or something.
1: Good editing. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And whoever the, the they need to do their homework, know who they're, who their folio is going to be looked at by and make sure that it contains the stuff that's pertinent to information you are trying to, if you're, if you're going for feedback, that's, that's one thing. But if you're looking for a job, that's, that's something different and you need to make sure that your folio is catered to the work you're trying to find. If you're looking for feedback across the board on, on your skills, then it makes sense to have, a variety of images in your folio for someone to look at
1: sure but again i mean the total amount of images you don't want like you know no. if you've got five thousand photos you've taken you edited down to 300 that's still a lot of images you know what i mean too, I much, think it, too needs much. To more, it needs to be more like 20 or 30 pictures in total really pops um you know otherwise it just gets dull um, and you don't want to
0: see a lot of the stuff no you know five yeah. different slit throats how many? How many, yeah. how many? Pick your best one. How many of
1: those do you need? <laughs> yeah, pick your best one, and I get the idea. You can blend edges. You can match color. You can make something look, you know, real. I've got to say, actually, thanks to Leanne Hicks, who's my model. She stepped in to be my model for this uh, makeup. <laughs> you like, been I did model like for a master too. Uh, no, that was not. That was somebody else, Emma Louise, who was last year's model I was going to do it this year because I used for for time I just used the, the heads and the cores I already had so I reused those and she was going to be on a model but she had a job um, so she couldn't do it which is fair enough but Leanne Hicks stepped up and uh, was amazing and uh, was very patient and it ended up looking like a, a kind of a stern kind of weird creepy politician thing so I ended up calling it Angular Merkel, but I think someone else came up with Wicked Witch of Westminster <laughs> or Wicked Witch of the Westminster, um, which <laughs> which worked quite well. But that was good fun to do. And on the second so day, want, I did a blood. So in
0: addition, thing. well, so then you also not not only doing a, a multi piece application demo, you had to put pieces that were sculpted on one core onto uh, on somebody else. Yes, so essentially like generic pieces, which is something pretty that, much often happens where you're having to apply yeah. prosthetics that weren't sculpted on the face they're getting glued to
1: um i was gonna say richard redlifson was there and he was uh, doing a demo on the ppi stand and he was doing his uh, phantom makeup and he had the same thing where the model he had designed and sculpted on and he'd already applied the makeup to wasn't there because this was in the UK and he made this in the States. So he had to find a model uh, over here. But he he actually had a cast of the person who was going to be wearing it with the teeth in and, you know, was able then to just check and jig things around mm-hmm. to make them fit. So that was cool. But uh, I saw him and I made some, some sculpting tools, which I gave him, which is pretty cool. Um, but it was nice to meet him and all the PPI guys and everything. And they were a great bunch. It was good fun. But uh, I had a good time um but uh yeah it it was just one of those things where i had this uh this makeup to do on the one day and then the second day i did a demo of bleeding rigs and blood rigs which i wanted to do because uh the the trouble is i do a lot of the blood rigs and stuff we did some a couple of years ago on game of thrones but when you do stuff on game of thrones you have to sign nda agreements and non-disclosure agreements which means you can't show anyone how you did anything and i'm not allowed to have pictures of anything so or to take pictures of anything. So I was like, oh, I know all this stuff, because we did it, but I can't show anyone. So I thought I would do the same kind of thing, but it had nothing to do with Game of Thrones none of the actors involved. And I basically did a blood rig thing on a neck. So that's what I did as my demo on the second day. So I think we'll probably do a proper podcast and a blog post on blood rigs as well. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's some, some neat new things that I just learned a, a neat blood technique. Um, actually, that was in one of the last issues of prosthetics magazine that Mike Mikash, uh did.
1: Oh, with the, uh, the, the flat with the, um, with the tape medical stuff. tape. Yeah. Amazing. I'd never yeah. seen that done before. That was incredible. It was a really, really good stuff. Yeah.
0: It's very cool. And it, it really works. Amazing.
1: And it's so flat, so thin yeah. and
0: so simple. It's amazing. Really simple. Yeah. Very simple. You just and need that and very term. effective. You know, so you can have have blood coming out of multiple locations all off of the same, off of the same branch.
1: I just want to have a, a quick word as well about makeup schools. Um, it's one of those things. This is a bit of a contentious thing, but uh, I, lo- I looked you at a think? few folios of people. <laughs> well, I looked at a few folios of people that have been to various schools, and there were a couple of things I saw that keep cropping up in a few things that that bug me. And I don't know if you've seen them and that they're a similar thing. But um, well,
0: I've, I've seen stuff coming out of some schools than my, my immediate thought, and I'm not going to name any names, is that these people should get their money back? Yeah, because it's
1: not right. <laughs> yeah, I mean you've got so you
0: you you graduated <sighs> yeah. from from a makeup school with this work.
1: Yeah, it's bad. Money, well, but the
0: thing, the thing that I've seen that annoys
1: me is, is 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 a combination of big sculpts and poor anatomy. And I think this is my theory. I think that a lot of people who go to makeup schools are encouraged to do big things partly because of things like face-off, but partly because if you get 100 people making something large and extensive, then one or two of them are going to look you know, really cool and they end up being in like the, you know, the catalogue or they make posters of mm-hmm. or whatever. And then they go on to secure next year's students. Um, whether or not they worked well, whether or not they were a nightmare to make, whether or not they were practical or functional or comfortable was irrelevant. The fact is it looked fine in the photos. And I saw a lot of things that were big sculpts and it was like, again, I'm not going to name any names of schools, but it was like this big head and shoulder thing, and there was loads of armour and stuff. And I, I spoke to the guy about it, and I said, you know, the thing with this that's bugging me is the anatomy and everything. He was like, yeah, yeah. And he understood, and he totally agreed, but it's just like, why would, why would you be permitted to sculpt this extensive thing, which must have taken a few days or weeks? You know, if you haven't got the nose right, what the hell are you doing sculpting chest plates and spikes and, you know, all the other things? It's like, that just seemed, that. I mean, not that there isn't skill in sculpting hard edge model making and fabric and stuff, but that's not what we were looking at.
0: I think School. I think part of it could be <laughs> also ch- changing hats for a second, um, you know, not wanting to quash a student's enthusiasm for wanting to do grandiose right out of the gate before they've learned how to do anything. you don't so like want, getting You, out you, you don't, you want, you don't want to thing. quash that enthusiasm, but at the same mm. time. Starting smaller and getting good at at the things, at, at anatomy of a nose, you know, learning mm-hmm. how to do an ear that looks like a, a human ear and do that well before going on to do big things. Because I think if you let, you know, cave in and let them do that huge project that they're really excited about doing, when it fails, they're going to lose their enthusiasm and they're not going to want to do it anymore. Yeah. And a school loses a student. They're losing the, the dollar signs that they see. Sure. So it's kind of like getting something out of your system. It's like, so I think there's a final kind of line yourself. of keeping them keeping them engaged, keeping students yeah. engaged with a project that they want to do mm-hmm. that's not going to be a disaster. Though, you know, having it turn out badly becomes a teaching moment. Yeah. You know,
1: making, well, I just think if, if, and, if the anatomy is out,
0: is part of the learning process but you you just want to try not to make them be colossal failures because then you've lost a lot of time a lot of materials you know make mistakes small ones that aren't going to break the bank but
1: this 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 particular failure there were loads of things in it that were all the things that were wrong with them were consistently wrong it was like and I mean, it wasn't that it was bad, it was just that, you know, it, it was like someone decorating a Christmas tree in a house is about to be demolished. And it was like, it, it's a lovely tree, but it's the wrong thing to be doing right now. You know, it's just like, it's just, it, 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 it seems a, a, a pointless exercise to render armor beautifully if the thing that it's sitting on doesn't look like a person. It's like, you know, you might as well be just sculpting on top of a, a, a you know, a clothes dummy or something. It just annoyed me that, it, and it occurred to me that it's probably because the, maybe the people teaching it don't have the time or the ability to teach them how to do it otherwise. And maybe were that's you seeing,
0: sort of, were you seeing more por- portfolios um, from multiple students from the same school, all with the same? same
1: no, states? no, they were pretty much. No, it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag. It was only a couple from the states, but it was just, it was just this. You know, uh, this one school. I think <laughs> that's this, this bugging me. Mean, I've I've heard things from other people about it, and it's like. I don't know. It just—it just seems like if you're if you're sculpting anatomy that wrong, you know, it's not a matter of opinion if it's wrong. It, it's it's either right or it's wrong. It Either looks like a person or it doesn't. And there are going to be variations in style and the choices that people yeah, make no, you, make you, characters. But those they've got to be within believable tolerances. You know, just sculpting badly because you don't know any better—that's not the same thing.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's not and, the same as doing a stylized character. If you're yeah, doing human anatomy, there's. Only human anatomy.
1: Yeah. And although it might be, okay, you can say that's an orc or that's an elf or whatever, and that's why. But it's like, no, that's just a bad sculpt. <laughs> that's
0: not. Well, it's still uh, ultimately safe. every everything on a, on a bipedal creature or whatever, everything has to come from a foundation of actual anatomy to begin with. No matter what it is, you know, maybe maybe you're creating an ogre that's nine feet tall and is is a knuckle dragger when he's standing up. The shoulder joints still work the same way, whether it's an ogre or a regular human being. You know, the yeah, the, the way the skin folds rotate around that. the elbow joint the same way. Skin folds the same way. It doesn't matter whether it's a dog, a cat, an elephant or a guy.
1: Mm. But it's your no. chance to display that, that knowledge. And that's, that's, that's precisely what I'm saying. That wasn't evident here. Mm-hmm. And it looked like an absence of understanding, an absence of education rather than, oh, this is what I chose to do with my time. And it, it, it upsets me because it's like you need to really... You know, get that. But it might just be the case that, you know, when you go to makeup school, if someone says, well, we're going to sculpt, you know, just a normal human head for a week or a figure for two weeks, that may be, like you say, just not exciting enough to get people's attention, in which case expectation of students is to blame. You know, you should be expecting to do a natural head or a realistic thing first. And if you can't do that well. You've no business sculpting a fucking centaur or a demon because it's going to look like a bag of shit because ultimately the best demons you've seen tend to be, you know, like you've mastered the human form and now you're able to play with the rules. But you've got to learn the rules first before you start messing around with it. And you could argue, okay, I could sculpt a demon without knowing those things, but the demon you sculpt after you do know them is going to be much better, you know than the one you made up in your head
0: absolutely because it comes from that foundation of anatomy to begin with yeah so it kind of bugged me a bit and
1: i i, I kind of spoke to i was a very you know very honest about it all but the it, it struck me that there's a few things i think people need to be aware of because the thing is a makeup school is a business you know and like like any business, you're going to get sharp practitioners and you get some outstanding examples, but I think it's a good idea to run a checklist over when you're considering a makeup school. Um, so I've written four things. I think you can chip in if you think of anything else, but I think one is, is check who the tutors are, uh, to look at the previous students work, not just necessarily, you know, what they've done before, but what they've done since, you know, if they do gone on to do anything, um, if you can number 3 speak to previous students and that's I think a that should be one. difficult to find yeah
0: that's that's maybe the trickiest of the of the four points really i think finding someone who's gone to that school um, well maybe not Depend depends where you live but finding somebody who who did go to the same school that you're considering going to sure you got to know how to how to track things down how to, yeah. how to look it up
1: Maybe they're just done up Facebook groups, <laughs> you know, so they can discuss amongst themselves how they think it's going
0: that's a possibility
1: yeah uh, and number four, which is a very contentious point, is there a screening process, or do they just take anyone who can pay <laughs> and sadly do they check you out before you apply sadly,
0: I think very few of them actually have portfolio entrance requirements to see that you've got. Kind of skill coming in, you know. I've had students who said, "Yeah, I want to be an anim- I want to be an animator because I love to watch cartoons." Yeah, it makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, you know, if you want you want to be a makeup artist because you love horror film. Give me more information. Why do you want yeah. to do this?
1: Yeah. I know it's like enjoying a nice meal in a restaurant, on the strength of that, deciding that you you should be a chef because you've enjoyed a nice meal it's like that's Mm -hmm. not really what a chef does you you've you've taken one thing and and ran with it but um yeah i i think it's um it's important like i say they're they're a business so i appreciate they have to make money but you just want to you know go to a dream factory where they just fill your head with ideas like oh if you do this you'll be like on face off and you'll go to this thing and it's like have you seen this effects university that face off are doing this uh yes it's like a a two or three day conference thing and it's like and, the, and it just seems and the professors,
0: like professors i think they're you know which is doing a disservice by calling their you know some of some of them may be quite good but they're all face off contestants i believe and just mm-hmm. because you've been a contestant on a tv show doesn't i don't see how that qualifies somebody to to be teaching someone else but also if it's something
1: you've only really just learned, yeah. you know, I mean, the, there, I think there has to be a gestation period between you you learning something and then going out and teaching it to other people. I mean, if you learned it last week. so-and-so yeah, has so just, be... <laughs> just gotten out
0: of makeup school and is now on face-off, and six months later they're teaching. Well, yeah. where's, where's that wealth of experience you've had doing this coming from? Yeah,
1: yeah it's a weird one i mean you know i've spoken to a few people and met a few people who were on face off and to be honest the people i've met on the show they seem pretty cool and they're doing their thing but it's more the 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 ethos of what the program does it must be like i guess you have like x factor over there as well like you know like a kind of talent show contest Uh it's like you know you get people that just will be happy to kind of go there and, and and do their thing for the first time and then you'll get people who are jobbing musicians and I know you have, you know, the connection, you know, with with music pretty much. You know, you get people that, that, that will go, you know, to bars and clubs and, and, and play regularly for years and, you know, earn their stripes and know what it's like to perform, you know. And that's not the same thing as just someone that doesn't have any shame that goes on stage and warbles and, you know, when, oh, they, when yeah, they have their first
0: Swift, I think Taylor Swift is so cool. So I want to be, that's why I want to be a singer.
1: Yeah, because that is the extent of my musical knowledge. Not to denigrate Taylor Swift, I don't know, but it's just if that's the only music you've heard you've kind of like well you're not really do you know what i mean i'm i'm sure i'm sure taylor swift probably grew up listening to to you know a lot of classic and you know, do you know what i mean they're, they're following i'm pointing to the moon you're looking at my finger that's what's happening it's kind of like they are kind of seeing the 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 thing that's in front of them but not seeing what's behind it it's like it's that and that's what i i think is what i object to with things like face off it's not so much the subject it's not the people it's just it's in it's generating a kind of a a fever pitch around something that that you know all said and done you kind of want someone to quietly explain this is what you need to follow this is what you need to do but that doesn't make a good tv show um so it's not going to be something that's going to be followed whereas actually you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, and i had this happen a lot i'll do like a you know a little class or something and there'll be people like oh you know no one's ever spoken to me like that just explain these things and it's like you just need to just fucking strip the bullshit away because it doesn't you know I'm not smothering tattoos and I have a hacksaw through my fucking nose I'm not like into death or wearing stilts or juggling or breathing fire while I'm doing it just this podgy bloke with a shaved head and he looks a bit tired that's what fucking looks like when you're 18 18 hours a day do you know what I mean it doesn't It's a lot more grounded than that because it has to be because you're making things and it's about processes and you have got to love those processes. But even so, that show thing, I think, again, if you're going to go to something like that, check who the tutors are, look at the previous students' work, speak to the previous students that they've done, and is there a screening process? Because if you've never heard of the students, you don't know what they've done, they've never done anything, you're not able to see what the students have done, and there's no screening process, they're just taking your money, there's a good chance you could come out of that no better off than when you went in, frankly. Well, I think I'm you saying. also
0: have to, as as a prospective student for one of these, you, you have to have a pretty good bullshit meter yourself. So if you're looking yeah. at seeing seeing who the faculty is, who the who the tutors are going to be, who people that are going to be teach, most of the bio is talking in in the third person about you know how how great they are and extensive experience without actually listing what any experience is, call bullshit on it. Yeah you know if if they're good what have they done why are they good
1: who else says they're good <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it yeah, seems to be like a self-fulfilling there's, prophecy there's got to be got to be a, a way to to check and see that they are who they say they are
1: it's a funny one because there's, I, I appreciate some
0: from... precious little information about them in in the bio mm. on the school website i think th- i think that's a red flag
1: yeah I was always nervous about mentioning a face-off in it. Like I say, anything negative about it, because I'm sure there are people that listen to this, that are big fans of the show. But I think it's fair to say that most of the professionals I know, who are presumably the people you would be appealing to for work, don't really rate it as a thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It happens to be the theme of it is yeah. makeup effects, but but it's 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 just a format, a TV show format that happens to be in this instance using that as a subject matter. But if they do it with cooking, they do it with you know throw some celebrities in there and. See if they can shoe a horse, or you know, live for a week in a fucking cave, or whatever. It's the same format. It's a, a bunch of and you know, I have to admit, I haven't, I haven't
0: really watched the show since maybe season two. Mm-hmm. It just, I got, I got kind of tired of seeing essentially the same stuff over and over again.
1: Yeah, and it gives a false impression. I mean, again, I don't know how honest it is as a show, whether it's like you know, everything they do themselves. I mean, i hear that they're like, you know, crews that come in at night and run the phone for them. I don't know. There I don't are, know. There if it's...
0: are people working behind the scenes that you never do see. Yeah. But then is all that just to that.
1: facilitate Is that just to facilitate the program
0: Yeah getting things done?
1: Uh, In order to Do you know what I mean? I mean, if it's a program, couldn't you just let people do everything themselves and if it goes wrong film it or is it just a case of costumes you never see the finished
0: costumes until until the final final application? It's like, well who who the fuck made this?
1: Yeah. Where did this costume
0: come from? But is it a
1: case that they need because they're filming the application on a Thursday, they have to have phones run. Tuesday and Wednesday. So someone's got to run those foams. And if the person who happens to be doing it has never fucking run foam before. Yeah. Well, they're also, they're that also, means that look, they they're they get someone in to run the foam for them. They're making so stone they molds. have a costume to stick on. That's the thing. But they've got to have a costume to stick on. So someone will have to run the foam for them. In which case that makes Someone's got to,
0: someone's got to bake out the green molds because they're doing gypsum molds and you can't run foam in a, in a, in a hydrostone mold or a, or an ultra cal mold that you just made. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how they condense
1: time. So a lot of it gives it, you know, a kind of a false impression of how things are. I
0: don't know. That, I'm just that saying. it's a much taking place in a much shorter – which which leads to you know it's, it's a good news bad news thing. I think about the show, and I don't want a bad man like we're ragging on on Face Off because it. I think it's done some great things for the industry. It's really brought makeup, prosthetic makeup, and makeup effects into the into the sure. public forefront. Which is sure. which is great, I think. Um the bad news is it's giving a false sense of how long it takes to actually do stuff. I've had people call me seriously on a Thursday wanting a on a full body suit, creature suit that they needed on Monday.
1: Yeah. Because I saw it on phase off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that and Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like,
1: yeah, it you know, just peel it off in no, it's true. It, it is that thing. It's not the show itself and it's not the people on it. It's more the legacy it leaves, which is, like you say, an unrealistic view of how things should be in terms of time and, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, lead times and things. And that's getting worse all the time. But anyway, I digress. I just wanted to bring that up. But like I say, if you're going to go to a makeup school and you're not sure about things, I would do those four things. I would check out who the tutors are, look them up on IMDb, see what they've done, look at their previous students' work, try and speak to the previous students. And like I say, is there a screening process or do they just take anyone that can pay? Because if that's the case, if they only take people that can pay, you've got to ask yourself... And I going to do you know, what I mean, yeah,
0: well, you wind like, up in, like you, music, like there, training,
1: like singing, you know, if you can sing, you, you, you know, want no. someone to say you can't sing, you know, if you can't, you need someone to tell you that. So, that so you the tutor
0: work. winds up spending all of his or her time with someone who's got no talent whatsoever yeah. and doesn't have time to spend with someone who really deserves to be there because they've got great chops. You know, you're doing a disservice to both people because on the one hand you've got somebody who wouldn't be there and will probably never answer telephones at a at a at an effects shop, let alone create actual effects, and then you've got somebody who's a natural who's not getting the one-on-one attention that they deserve because teachers spend all this time trying to, trying to help somebody who hasn't got a clue.
1: Yeah, tricky one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I've I think been we there. managed to cover all our grounds. We've we've managed to cover all our grounds, I think, which is uh is very good. Uh yeah, I hope that didn't come across as too negative, but at I the hope same time too. if you're gonna spend twenty thousand bucks on a course, I think uh I think you should possibly look at the negatives and uh, consider whether or not you're getting your money's worth you out of it.
0: Spend spend your money wisely.
1: Yes. Because <laughs> if you could spend twenty grand taking a year off and buying some DVDs. I'm buying some materials, you might yeah. be better off, is all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, do dick. It depends what you dick want to Smith do. Force or, you know, buy some, do some of your classes, buy my book. Spend Definitely your, buy your book. You're <laughs> spend, if you're going to spend $20,000, get your, some good materials and some good tools and take your time to, to learn how to do it right.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you were going to spend, you know, five bucks on something on Amazon, you would probably read the reviews and the star ratings and read, you know, some of those first, sure. um, do the same, you know, with your course as well. But um, yeah, I just, uh, it, it, it just struck me that it seemed like a thing, you know, I remember going to school, uh, makeup, well, it wasn't makeup school, it was like a, I did a degree course, but there wasn't really anything like prosthetic makeup as a class then. And the school I went to was a uh, women in school of art. And we, you know, it was a, an art thing and theater school. So we learned all kinds of prop making and welding and life sculpting and life casting. And we did life drawing and all kinds of stuff. So it was very, very, you know, grounded in, in practical tasks. And, um, it was, it was good. And since then, obviously things have changed in prosthetics It's now like a legitimate subject to teach at college you can get degrees in all this kind of stuff but because of that you're going to get different scales of education and some are going to be a few days of this and i've had well it's, stories it's still of the way have,
0: it is at most universities you know the the universities that i've taught at over here in the theater department um, you know most film film programs don't get involved with makeup at all and it's it's the theater programs and the schools that have the theater programs have makeup classes but it's still predominantly traditional straight 2d cream foundations highlight and shadow uh and very little prosthetics you know, maybe maybe one one session one or two sessions dealt dealing with with prosthetics and the life casting thing that they're doing is you know not the way it's some of it's still horrific you know they're plaster plastered to the face kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i saw a few
1: of those videos on youtube some dude couldn't get a plaster cast off his face It was like, jesus what are you doing
0: yeah and did you see that self art class in high
1: school yeah Yeah. did you you see that 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 self-life cast of that guy mixing it up yeah and putting it on his own face and this, this is really funny bit where he says, um, you know, in, uh, caution, vital, critical, make sure that, you know, you're breathing because you know, <laughs> like you'd fucking accidentally forget to breathe. <laughs> it's just extraordinary. It's like, it can't be, I mean, okay. I'm not saying it's impossible to do a, a life cast on yourself, but by the same token, I'm quite sure you, it's could probably, not you, know, easy. you could probably take out your own fucking hernia operation or something. If you, if you're really true, you know, if you learned up on it and got everything you needed, you could probably, you know, uh, uh cut your own appendix. I'm, I'm just saying it's It's not the best way of fucking doing it. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things no, that could it's go given wrong. A okay, they didn't go wrong. But, you know, I, I, I could go drinking and then go out for a drive and not crash my car. That doesn't mean it was the right fucking thing to do. It just means nothing happened this time. <laughs> but it's not a good thing to promote and say, well, I'm still alive, so it's fine. It's, it's like that's ridiculous. I mean, I've had – I've done makeups. Uh, you know, for a fair bit. Of time. I did a makeup on a guy who happened to have a seizure once because he was an epileptic and he happened to have a seizure. Why are you, now, why are you he was doing it? Doing, uh, just after we finished. But it was just like, that's just the thing. It wasn't anything we did that, that made it happen. It was just that's because he had a pre-existing condition. But my point is, if you, if you were doing a life cast yourself and you had a fucking seizure and fell over and banged your head, do you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. It just makes sense to do it with one other person. Maybe one person do the life cast for you at least. It just, it was just, um, it, it's not, it, it's phenomenally flawed as a thing, but it, it, it's quite funny to see yeah. those. Maybe put some links oh, on yeah, the no, show notes for that. The
0: classic one, the French guys that were doing a full head cast of a woman who had her head up through through a hole in a table that was pushed together and they built a box around her head and they had straws in her nose kind of going out through the bottom of the table mm-hmm. and then poured I don't know if it was alginate or plaster, because if it was plaster, I don't know how the hell they thought they were gonna get her head out of it anyway. But they completely encased her head in it. Well, knocked the straws out and she started flailing about. It said these guys damn near killed her.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember seeing that and it, it oh, it gives me the willies. I just say it and it's like, oh my god, like, what god, are you? What doing? were you thinking? It's it's bad. So there's that one, there's the the dude who can't get the plastic cast off his face, and there's this other guy doing a self-life cast. And in all fairness, the cast that guy did, it came out okay, but like I say, that's like I don't know, it's like throwing yourself off a building and saying, look, I didn't break any bones, I'm going to do it again. It's just like, for fuck's sake, what are you all about? You got away with it this time. I mean, It doesn't uh, yeah. strike me as the best way of doing anything, and certainly not something that you should be putting up as a thing for other people to do, you know no be wary of youtube
0: makeup gurus
1: yeah that would be an interesting one in fact if you've seen some some crazy mental stuff on youtube people will be sending me links to my own videos but if you've seen any any links of anything (laughs) please send it to us because we could put together a whole podcast and just
0: like ridiculous
1: idiotic unsafe things to do that would be a funny thing actually the makeup darwin awards that's it. So, so comment under this blog post or email us at Stuart and Todd at com with your links of, of, of ridiculously stupid, dangerous things that you've seen done in the name of makeup on Facebook. Uh, uh on yeah, YouTube. can't wait to see that, that. Very good. I would like to see <laughs> just for my own amusement, but we'll compile them together and do a, a, a post on it. Cause that's just insane. I did this, um, life cast of, uh, there's a YouTuber called Claire delete and I did a, a, a life cast for her, uh, for her channel. And, um, it's, it's only like a 10 minute video and in it I'm clearly explaining what I'm going to do and then we do it and you know it's all clearly displayed but even in you know that short video there, there's like one after the other comments of comments are saying how is she breathing oh my god oh my god how is she breathing and it's just like did you not watch the fucking video it's like if you do do a YouTube I mean okay there are idiots on YouTube but if you do something that's that, that's sensible and, and, and clear and concise it's like a moth. Uh, flying towards a lamp, it just draws idiocy. It's just phenomenal. The the, the responses that you get are just—I mean, not all the time, but it's it it just draws stupidity out of the woodwork like fucking salt draws moisture. It's unbelievable. It's just the the the, the comments people leave is just how do you breathe? My personal favorite: it didn't look this hard on face off, which I've taken personally. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just just stuff like that. Like yeah, how how does she breathe? How does she breathe? It's like well through the fucking nostrils i left clear which you would have seen had you watched the video
0: yeah <laughs> Uh i've 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 said it before and i will continue to say this is an awful small planet to be home to so many stupid people
1: it really is <laughs>
0: no but you know what
1: if you if you have if you have a, a a video that you've seen that's funny on youtube do please send us a link because i would love to see that We'll we'll put it together on a blog post
0: yes please
1: <laughs> All right, dude. I think we're about wrapped up. Cool.
0: All right, man. I gotta go. Go run. Okay. Cast a pour up another mold and head up up north.
1: Okay, mate. Well, you enjoy your day, and I will speak to you soon. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon. Take okay, care, mate. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye.